Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday, January 19th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's how we're making you smarter today. President-elect Joe Biden's COVID plan and catching you up on who he wants in his cabinet. First, though, America's historic week ahead is today's one big thing. We've got a big week ahead of us in American politics. As Joe Biden is preparing to take the oath of office tomorrow, Washington, D.C. and state capitals all over the country are on high alert watching for potential violence. And on top of all of that, President Trump's second impeachment trial looms. Axios co-founder Mike Allen is here now to help us make sense of what's to come. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Nyla. Joe Biden has said multiple times, Mike, that his goal right now is to try to reset and unify the country. How does he do that when our main symbol of unification, the inauguration, is going to be so unusual? It really is. And the inauguration planners are trying to build into that a way to both reassure people and inspire people, but at the same time deliver on the Joe Biden promise of saying that he is going to tell people the truth. He said, I'm going to be the guy who can tell you things are going to get worse. We're going to have some dark moments, but here's our plan for making things better. So it's going to be a very atypical inauguration. It's going to be sort of less poetry and more reality. Mike, can you just give us a sense of what you think it's going to look like tomorrow? Yeah, so the Biden team has worked very hard to take the lessons that they learned from their remote convention and apply them to this inauguration. So you remember the roll call from the convention where people in all the states were able to do their goofy things. Since there's not going to be a parade down Pennsylvania Avenue this time, they're going to do a virtual parade, try to bring people in from states around the country. The swearing in itself So many fewer people, very socially distanced, but still holding it outside, despite skepticism from some in law enforcement who said that it should just be done inside the Capitol for safety. They're sending a message that's going to look exactly the same as you've seen with past presidents, and that's very deliberate. So, Mike, you said there'll be one message coming out of the administration, but they're battling the country's attention, which may also be on this impeachment trial. And what are you hearing from inside the Biden administration about how they're handling that? That's a great point. So they're going to argue that the Senate can do more than one thing. I think there's a plan to maybe try to, during half the time, do Biden administration business, confirming his nominees, passing his next COVID relief plan, and then during the other half of the time, do impeachment. It's hard, though, because impeachment consumes a lot of bandwidth, a lot of conversation. The Biden folks know that, too. So that's that's a real hurdle for him as he tries to put real points on the board in those first 100 days, looking ahead to May 1st as his deadline to have made a difference. Axios co-founder Mike Allen. Thanks, Mike. Now, thanks for your coverage. With all the news going on, I would not blame you if you missed the latest with who's been nominated for Joe Biden's cabinet. We'll be back in 15 seconds with what you need to know about the confirmation hearings that start today. Welcome back to Axios Today. 
The Senate is back in session, which means hearings for President-elect Joe Biden's cabinet nominations can finally begin. Hans Nichols is here to catch us up on who's been nominated. Sure, let's just do the big four. Janet Yellen, she was former Fed chair. She's up for Treasury. For defense, you have Lloyd Austin, who is a former CENTCOM commander. At Homeland Security, you have Ali Mayorkas. And then at state, we have a longtime close personal friend of Biden, a longtime aide, Tony Blinken. You know, in some ways, we've had a remarkable two weeks, two years, however long. But I suspect this nomination process is going to look pretty normal. Can you tell us what we need to know about Secretary of State nominee Blinken? Blinken's Biden's brain in terms of foreign policy. It's really hard to say where Blinken starts and Biden stops and vice versa. When you just take a step back and look where Biden deviated from President Obama, Biden was always on the less interventionist side. And guys like Tony Blinken were helping him make the case. And they're very close. How fast do we expect these nominees to be confirmed? Weeks, not months, right? You know, it depends if there are any hiccups. In theory, this can be a quick process. And in the past, it has been. That won't be the case now. And so Biden will have these interims that are going to be running the Defense Department, the State Department. And he'll just sort of have actings. But eventually, they'll cede to the real secretaries. When we think about how much Joe Biden and his administration want to hit the ground running on day one, how much do these delays hamper that ability? Time is of the essence here. You hear that all the time from Biden officials, especially talking about COVID. But in the broader scope of his presidency, this isn't going to be fatal to what he's trying to accomplish. Hans Nichols is a political reporter for Axios. Thanks, Hans. Thanks for having me. One thing that should be clear from today's episode is that as Biden heads into the Oval Office, his main focus is the pandemic. Last week, Biden announced a nearly $2 trillion relief package and plans to speed up vaccinations. Caitlin Owens has been reporting on Biden's big plan to fight COVID. Caitlin, I think we should start with this $2 trillion relief plan, of which $20 billion is allocated to a national vaccine program. What's that going to look like? What it looks like is it's what experts have been saying we need all along, encouraging more people to get vaccinated, set up more vaccination sites, getting more vaccinators in the pipeline because there's just not enough healthcare personnel right now to go at the pace we need it to. It's just kind of this like policy wonk wish list of things that people say the Trump administration should have been doing all along or states could also have done. Is this a much bigger challenge when we think about the large parts of the country that aren't in big cities? Yeah, so there are places in the United States where they either don't have any pharmacies or the ratio of, you know, number of people in that community to number of pharmacies is really high, meaning that pharmacy can't do as good of a job serving the population just because it's an overwhelming amount of people. So the fear among healthcare experts is that these pharmacy deserts turn into vaccine deserts where the resources available can't meet the demand. So these communities where there aren't as many pharmacies or no pharmacies at all will have trouble vaccinating their populations at the same rate as better resourced areas. So I think that's why you see Biden talking about things like setting up new federally supported community vaccination centers and launching mobile vaccination clinics and trying to get creative and figure out ways to reach the population other than the existing pharmacy infrastructure. We heard Dr. Anthony Fauci on Meet the Press on Sunday talking about these goals. I can tell you one thing that's clear is that the the issue of getting 100 million doses in the first 100 days is, is, is absolutely a doable thing. Caitlin, is that doable, given everything you've just said? 
I think what it comes down to is execution, and that's what we've been really lacking here. Putting this plan out there is great. Again, it's what people generally say we should be doing, but that doesn't get any vaccines into anyone's arms. So, you know, we're really just going to have to wait and see how the next few months play out and how well this really complicated effort is executed. Caitlin Owens writes the Vitals newsletter. She's a healthcare reporter for Axios. That's it for us today. And I wanted to say thank you to all the listeners who have left reviews in Apple Podcasts and who have sent us emails, writing to podcasts at axios.com or sending me messages on Twitter. All of us on Axios today truly appreciate all of your thoughtful feedback. And I wanted to make sure you don't miss our new podcast with Jonathan Swan and his exclusive reporting on the last two months of the Trump administration. It's called How It Happened, and you can subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.